words from the hills, reconfigure your life, change your heart, and prepare you for all that God has destined you to be. Welcome to the Hills Church. I have a friend of mine who is here this morning. I wanted to just bring a quick word of greeting. Uh, Pastor Bimbo, uh, she's an amazing woman of God. We've done, we've done some discipleship training classes together, and she was teaching out of London. But she's in the house this morning, so I just want her to just quickly um, step forward and, and just greet us and just bring a word of encouragement. Subimbo, great to have you. Thank you. Okay, good morning, everyone. Praise God. Wow, it's a privilege to be here. I've been part of um, Carpenter's Apprentice a couple of times, actually. Yeah, so seeing the worship team live is a blessing. Thank you, guys. Thank you. So I have to say, Pastor Mo cornered me yesterday. And <laughs> I didn't have any notice. But the Holy Spirit will help us. Amen. Amen. Okay, Father, we just bless you this morning. Oh, we're grateful for your presence that's here today. Holy Spirit, we just ask that you would take over in Jesus' name. We ask that you would speak to every heart in this place. We pray that our hearts will be like a fertile soil, ready to receive, to germinate, to produce fruit in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Okay, so, sorry, I'm a phone pastor. <laughs> my Bible is on my phone, so. <laughs> okay, so this morning I was just um, asking the Holy Spirit to, to help me, as in what word do you have for Ecclesia Hill? Um, I got a couple of scriptures, so I believe that this is for at least one person in this place. And you know, the Bible, God is so good, even if it's just one person. It's enough. The Bible says heaven rejoices when one person um, comes to, to know God. So even if this is just for one person, amen. And if it's for more people, even better. So the first scripture that came to my spirit this morning as I prayed was um, Jesus saying, do not let your heart be troubled. I woke up this morning and I just kept hearing this word in this world, you would have many trials, you would have many tribulations, you would have many difficulties. But the Spirit of the Lord is saying to someone this morning, do not let your heart be troubled. Why? Because he has overcome the world. And you know, sometimes as, as believers, we know the scriptures, we quote them, we can, in fact, we can pray for other people. But when it comes to us, when we're going through a difficult time, when our hearts are troubled, when we're worried, when we're in a place where we're beginning to doubt, the scriptures don't kind of, they don't make sense to us at that point in time because our focus is on worrying, ruminating over our issues and our problem. But the Holy Spirit said to tell somebody this morning, do not let your hearts be troubled. And I want to read, I want us to actually go into that scripture. Um, it's John chapter 16. I love the TPT translation, so I'm going to read from that. John chapter 16 from verse 6. I want to read it from verse 6. Um, from the TPT. So this scripture, Jesus was telling his disciples what was to come. You know, he was telling them about the fact that he was going to die, he was going to be crucified. They didn't quite understand the magnitude of what he was saying to them. They didn't get it because, you know, they just didn't know at the time. 
And then he was telling them all these things, talking in parables, you know. And then they said, and obviously they started to feel like, you know, what's going on here? And in verse 6, he says, instead your heart... Actually, let me go. Let me back up so that it makes more sense. Let me go to verse 4. John 16, 4 on the TPT. He says, I'm telling you this now so that when their time comes, you will remember that I foretold it. I didn't tell you this in the beginning because I was still with you. But now that I'm about to leave you and go back to join the one who sent me, you need to be told. Yet, not one of you are asking me where I'm going. And then in verse 6, it says, Instead, your hearts are filled with sadness because I've told you these things. But here's the truth. It is to your advantage that I go away. For if I don't go away, the divine encourager will not be released to you. And then if I just skip all the way towards the end, um, from verse 20, it says, let me make it quite clear. You will weep and be overcome with grief over what happens to me. The unbelieving world will be happy while you will be filled with sorrow. But know this, your sadness will turn into joy when you see me again. Just like a woman giving birth experiences intense labor pains in delivering her baby. Yet, after the child is born, she quickly forgets what she went through because of the overwhelming joy of knowing that a new baby has been born into the world. And then he says, um, so will you also pass through a time of intense sorrow when I am taken from you, but you will see me again and then your heart will burst with joy with no one being able to take it from you. For here is eternal life. When that time comes, you wouldn't need to ask me for anything. But instead, you will go directly to the Father and ask him for anything you desire. And he will give it to you because of your relationship with me. And then I want to skip all the way to the end. Where it then says, verse 33. And everything I've taught you is so that peace which is in me will be in you and will give you great confidence as you rest in me for in this unbelieving world you will experience trouble and sorrows you must but you must be courageous for i have conquered the world it says in this unbelieving world you would experience trouble and sorrows you know we don't like to hear all this type of teaching because you know we want good good things to happen and of course good good things is what you know God's desire for us but in this day and age that we're in there is so much uncertainty in the world there is so much noise there is so much anxiety there's lots of jobs there's lots of lives you know you hear everything that is happening internationally in Nigeria and it's enough to cause our hearts to be troubled because whatever happens on the global scene eventually trickles down to every single person even if you're in the village you will hear you must feel it and you know and in this day and in this time God is reminding us just like he did with the disciples he was telling he was using style to tell them look it's not getting any better you know and he was telling them and they didn't quite understand it and he said look here just know that whatever happens it is for your own good. In fact, he said to them, he said, why are you sad? Imagine, he's telling them all these sad things and he's questioning them, why are you sad? Why is your heart and your face gloomy? You know, but he says, don't worry. You know, don't worry. And says, in this godless generation, in this unbelieving world, you would experience troubles, you would experience trials. Um, but you must be courageous. 
It's a command. You must be courageous. The only way to respond to trouble, the only way to respond to disappointments, the only way to respond to, to um, persecution, the only way to re respond you know, when things are not going your way is to be courageous because he has overcome the world. So I don't know who's going through what right now, but I do hear the Lord just saying to somebody today, I want you to be courageous. I want you to pack yourself, like package yourself properly. Take off the gloomy face. Put a smile on your face because your Father in heaven has already given you the victory. And the victory will look like so many things to us. And sometimes it might not look like what we expect it to be. But the Lord's word to us today is be encouraged, be courageous, for I have overcome the world. And then also, he took me to John chapter, um, John chapter 6, verse 5. I'll just read that as well. John chapter 6, verse 5. You know, God is such an amazing father. Um, I'm a parent, and, you know, when I see my children, you know, some, you know when your child is not their usual self. Because the ones that are boisterous, they're kind of mellow and calm. The ones that are calm naturally, they're even more quiet. And you're thinking, what's going on here? And you try as a parent to cheer them up. And I just feel like the Holy Spirit just... He knows everyone in this place today and he wants to cheer somebody up this morning. You know, he wants to encourage somebody this morning. Um, John chapter 6, verse 5. No, no, it's not John 6, 5, sorry. Sorry, John 14, verse 1. John 14, verse 1. I actually had something else planned to talk, share this morning, but when I woke up, this is what the Holy Spirit laid on my heart. So I believe somebody in here needs to just hear this. John chapter 14, verse 1. Don't worry or surrender to your fear. Don't worry. Don't worry. I'm trying to make eye contact as the Spirit of God is directing me this morning. Don't worry. Don't surrender to your fear. Don't worry. Don't surrender to your fear. To that thing that is keeping you up awake. To that thing that is causing you to be anxious. To that thing that is making you question if God is really, really listening to you. The Bible God is saying to you this morning, don't worry. Do not surrender to your fear. Do not make decisions out of fear. Do not make decisions because you're not sure if God will come. They don't have your plan B. You know, those plan Bs that we have because we don't know if, plan, if God would come through. God is saying to somebody today, don't worry. Don't surrender to your plan B. For you've believed in God. That's why we're here. That's why we're believers. Because we believe in God, don't we? He's saying, let's take it a step further. Trust and believe in me also. Trust and believe in me also. Don't worry. Do not surrender to your fear. Because you believe in God, believe in me also. Jesus said, believe in me also. Amen. Believe in me also. Amen. So that's the encouragement that I have very quickly to share as I woke up this morning. And then I'm now going to share what I wanted to share. <laughs> Um, so I just wanted to just put that out there. Um, God is speaking to somebody today and just say, don't worry. Do not let your hearts be troubled. I hear you. I see you. 
I'm very aware of that thing, and I will bring it to pass. You know, Jesus said in that same scripture, he was saying to the disciples, look, I'm going to my father's house. I'm going to, you know, create, I'm going to make mansions and rooms available for you. And if I do that, ah, what is it that I can't do? So God is reminding us today, don't worry. Don't surrender to fear. Don't bother with plan B. There's only one plan, and that's God's plan. And he will bring it to pass. Amen. Amen. Father, I just pray that that blesses and encourages the heart of your son or your daughter in this place who is at the point of giving up, who is very discouraged, who is worried, who is not sure about what would happen tomorrow. And I just say, Father God, that you will bring peace into their heart this morning and that you will show up in a mighty way. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Okay, so and another five minutes. So um, I'm based in London, as Pastor Moy said, and I am a, I'm a property entrepreneur, as I call myself. So I'm into properties and pretty much working for myself, being an entrepreneur. And I believe, Pastor Moy, you said next week or next month you're doing something around businesses. This week, this Saturday. Good, amen. So um, one of the things, one of the scriptures that has helped me or that helps me that I anchor on with all my heart in my business, uh, in my, you know, working for yourself is not easy. <laughs> you need the grace of God. You need the wisdom of God. But one scripture that I anchor on, um, interestingly, is the parable of the five loaves of bread, bread and two fishes. Um, and I want to read that. It's in Matthew, it's in John, but let me read the John one, the John version of it. John chapter 6. Um, the parable of the five loaves of bread and two fishes. I, when I became a Christian, this was so many years ago, and I came across this parable, well, this story, it wasn't a parable actually, it was a true life story. I've always wondered how how? How is the five loaves of bread? Like a little boy's lunch. How did it feed thousands of people? So because I've been so curious about this scripture, I'm always reading it. I'm always asking for fresh revelation. I'm always looking. And initially, I thought it was just around provision, but it's not just around provision. This um, scripture is very loaded. So I want to read it, and I want to bring out some of the things that the Lord has been speaking to me personally. And one thing I believe is God does not just speak to one person. Uh, because that's the kind of God that he is. You know, he says in the Bible when we pray, say, our Father, he works in communities, he works in multitudes, he works in, in groups. That's, I mean, if it's God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit, you know, he's into groups. So when he speaks a word, it's not just for one person. So I'm going to share some of the things that God has been um, speaking to me about in my business. So just a brief history. I used to work, as a, I used to have a full-time job in the bank, uh, which I kind of enjoyed. Well, I enjoyed the money because it was good money. But I knew that I wanted to do more. Um, and from a very young age, I've always wanted to work for myself. <clears throat> My parents are entrepreneurs. I've, I was born in that kind of um, family. So I knew that I wanted to have one. Plus, I believe in multiple streams of income anyways. And I don't want to be poor. I don't like to not have money. <clears throat> I don't like to not have money at all. I don't like it. I hate it. <laughs> And I think it's a sin. <laughs> so I've always wanted to have um, at least enough to be able to do the things that I want to do without feeling restricted. You know, if I go to a shop, I don't like to come. I don't like window shopping. 
because it's punishment. So go somewhere, like something, and walk away, and not buy. Ah, uh-uh. you know. So I, I like to have money. So I've always been into multiple streams of income. I've start, started so many businesses. I start, I make a bit of money, I move on to the next, you know. Um, but I found that one that I really enjoyed was property for so many reasons, you know. Um, property, you know, it's a wealth building strategy, you know, apart from making money today, it's a long-term wealth creation strategy. So I've, that's kind of where I anchored myself. So, um, so three years ago, for almost four years ago, I decided to leave my full-time job and concentrate because I felt like if I had more time, I could give this business the kind of um, attention that it deserves. And then I can make it grow, you know. But again, it was not easy. Like I said, I was making good money. And I have lots of children as well. Like Pastor Moore, I have four children. So, and it's not cheap. So I had a lot of expenses. And I, you know, and, um, and I remembered when I was working, if anybody had told me that I would not get that income, I literally would have cast the demon out because it was, I felt like if I don't have this income, I'm done. So when I felt led or moved or, or, or I started feeling my heart going towards leaving the job, it was a struggle to do that. Good thing though was I had been investing prior to what I was, before I left. So I didn't just wake up one day and leave. I already had something going in the side, the side, but I wanted to give it a bit more, but I needed to leave this job. And then also I needed to leave because I was now having four children. Like how many times are you going to tell your boss that you want to go for a school program? How many times are you going to take time off? You know, I mean, thank God now COVID has caused, allowed bosses, uh, forced them to appreciate remote working. Back then, my heart would be skipping every time I go to my boss and say, I want to work from home. Or, you know, it's always, always, you need to be visible. We need to see you. <laughs> so I knew that that pressure of having to go in every day, I, I can't deal with it. You know, so anyway, I wanted to move into the work, into the um, full-time entrepreneurship. But I also needed God to help me because money, as we all know, is the currency. We all need money, right? So to be able to live on money, big money to now be on my own was a very difficult decision. But I felt like that's what I needed to do. So going back to John chapter 6. So this story of the five loaves of bread and two fishes is one, like I said, that has always blessed me so much. So one of the things that, um, I think we all know this. I don't know if I need to read it, but maybe I might pull out some verses. The thing about this story is in different um, Bible chapter um, different books in the bible it has a different twist so in matthew it just says the people were with jesus and um, the disciples came and said look let these people go it's getting late let them go and find food in john jesus was actually the one that said ah are we not going to feed these people so um but i think ultimately the whole the point is the people that had been with jesus they were hungry they needed to eat he had fed them emotionally, spiritually, but physically they needed food. <laughs> you know, it's hard to listen to a sermon on a, hungry, on a hungry stomach. So he needed to feed them. So anyway, Jesus said in John 6 now, verse 5, so as Jesus sat down, he looked out and saw the massive crowd of people scrambling up the hill for they wanted to be near him. So he turned to Philip and said, where will we buy enough food to feed all these people? So Jesus already knew what he was about to do. But he said this to stretch Philip's faith. 
And I, I wanted to read this bit and this line about stretching our faith. Because that miracle was a, it was a stretching of faith. And a lot of the time, we don't step out of our comfort zone. So maybe your comfort zone is your job. Maybe your comfort zone is your business. Whatever your comfort zone is, we all know what our comfort zone is. Um, and it's difficult to want to step out of that. Um, but God is calling us to a place of faith, of stepping out. So he then said to them, are we not going to buy enough food to feed these people? He already knew that they didn't have the money. Because <laughs> Philip then said, well, I suppose if we were to give everyone only a snack, a snack, like small chops, not proper food, it would cost thousands of dollars to buy enough food. There's another translation. It must be maybe Luke or, so, say, or Mark. It says, it would take a year's wages to get enough money to feed these people. And Jesus wanted them fed that day, right there, right? And, um, and then anyway, Jesus asked them, what do you guys have? In this translation, they said, look, we've got a young person with five belly loaves and two small fish, but how far would that go with this huge crowd? And Jesus said something so profound. He said, have everyone sit down. Have you guys thought about that? Have everyone sit down. They don't have enough to start with. They're still discussing, how are we going to make this happen? Do somebody is saying, we're going to need a year's wages to get to this point. Another is saying, please let them just go. Let them just go and feed themselves. And then Jesus said, have them sit down. Think about that for a minute. If somebody says, sit down, what follows? It's an expectation that something is going to happen. That you're about to do something. <laughs> Jesus said, have them sit down. <clears throat> have them sit down. They didn't have enough. He hadn't even blessed it at this time. He hadn't blessed it though. He said, have them sit down. Let them start expecting something. Put yourself on show, on blast. I'm about to, do you understand? Like, if you think about this, some of these things that happened in Jesus' time, you think, ah. He says, have them sit down. In another scripture, he says, gather them in groups. <laughs> and you're thinking, what? So when I'm reading this kind of scripture, and I'm like, God is saying, step out of your job. You know, take on this business. And I'm like, but I don't even have enough money to start this business. Let alone equip myself. Let alone, they say to you, I don't know which, maybe business school. They should say that ideally you should have like six months income at any point in time, right? That's the recommendation, minimum, before you can even, like even if you're working, let's forget that you want to start anything. You must always, at least if you can, have at least six months income so that if you were to lose your job, at least you have six months to gather yourself, right? But then if you're starting a business or any kind of um, venture, you're going to need the six months on one side, you're not going to need the money to start the business, the money to fund the business, and statistically, they also say that businesses in the first two years tend to fail, blah, blah, blah. You know, so you need a lot of money. So I'm like this, I'm like this story, or this scenario, where God is saying, step out, leave this money, this income, leave, and I didn't even have six months worth of salary <laughs> saved, and step out. And, and Jesus is saying here, have them sit down. Have them sit down could mean go and hire the venue. Let's say your business or your idea is maybe God wants you to open a shop or whatever. 
you don't have the money. Yeah, you're looking away. <laughs> God is saying, go and hire the venue. That's what have them sit down means. So somebody else is saying, take on that, con- put, get the flyers out. Do the website. You don't have the money. You have not even started. You haven't even got a plan. But he's saying, have them sit down. Have them sit down. Let them be expecting. Go and market yourself. Whatever it is that God has called you to. And it doesn't have to be a business, actually. It could even be your calling. Every one of us have been called to something. Whether it's a ministry, whether it's a business, whether it's even in your job. Maybe in your, you love your job and you want to move high. You want to do extra. Or you want to move into a different arena. You know, you have people that have worked maybe in, in, in medicine all their lives and they really want to venture into fashion. And God is saying, go and start. And you're like, how? Where do I start from? The Bible says, have everyone sit down. Put them in groups. We don't have enough. We have not even talked about how we're going to multiply this bread. It says, have them sit down. I hope somebody has been encouraged and challenged right now. God is saying to somebody today, have them sit down. Put them in groups. And you're thinking, but I don't. Because if I put them in groups, they're expecting something and I have to deliver. And he said, don't worry because you are not the one that's going to deliver the thing. Just go and get them to sit down. Remember, it was just one Jesus and plenty disciples. Jesus could not physically be the one orchestrating the sitting down up and down. So he had to get the disciples. So Jesus is not going to have them sit down for you. You have to have them sit down. And let him do the, be the one that will bless and bring the increase. And then Jesus said to his disciples, um, so, on the, so Jesus said that to his disciples, have them sit down. And then he took the barley loaves and the fish and gave thanks to God. He then gave it to the disciples to distribute to the people. The only thing Jesus did in this story was he blessed the bread. Um, some versions say blessed the bread. Some said he broke it. and it gave, He lifted it to heaven. He gave thanks and then he broke it. Right? That's all he did in this miracle. We know that, right? The disciples were the ones that multiplied the... Um, the, 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 the food. Now, there's a version, um, I think it's the Matthew version, before he got to the bit about having them sit down, when the disciples said, um, shall we send them off to go into the cities and the villages and get something to eat? And Jesus said, no, we, don't, we won't do that. I remember um, so many years ago, God spoke to me about just that line. He, says, he said to me, the things that are your obligation, you don't look for a way to pass it on to somebody else. The things that he has given to you as your obligation, you don't pass it to somebody else. You take responsibility for your or whatever the thing is. Take responsibility. That's why Jesus said, no, we're not going to send them, but we're going to take care of them. Um, and he said, and it's not in this um, version, it's in Matthew. He says, we don't shank our responsibilities. We don't make excuses for our responsibilities. We take it and face it head on. Because we have somebody that will multiply it. And then, you know, the, coming back to the young, the boy's food. One of, our, one of the things that as Christians, that a lot of the time we might struggle with or is our challenge. Sometimes we expect that God would throw manna from heaven. Yes, God gave them manna in the wilderness. But we are not in the wilderness anymore. We are in this, this world. So God, and I'm not saying God will not 
create nothing out, something out of nothing. Of course, God is able to do the impossible. But I believe that God wants to take the little that we have and then make something of it. Sometimes we complain. I've had times when, you know, I'm speaking to my friends or myself and we're saying, oh, but I don't have enough, but I don't have what it takes. And God is saying, always reminding me, but you have something. Everything we have is a seed. Every single thing we have is a seed. We don't need to have things in abundance before we step. As long as we have a seed, God is able to use that. The boy's food was just a seed. It was the boy's food. I mean, I don't know how they eat back in those days. But I can imagine that a little boy's food cannot be more than a little boy's portion. Like tiny portion. Tiny portion. And remember, they said it was five loaves of bread and two fishes. Of course, it can't be like big titus. It's those tiny, <laughs> tiny. So it's a little portion. It's so little that even the boy could have been hungry after having that lunch. And Jesus, so God is saying to us today, it's not about how big, it's not about how big your bank balance, it to, bank balance is today. It's not about how, uh, how established you feel you are in that calling. It's not about how much you've acquired in terms of knowledge and skill set. Yes, you, but you need to have something and then you need to have a willing heart and you need to have a faith-filled heart and then you can step out. Um, so Jesus said to them, bring the boys food. And then he gave thanks to God. And then he gave it to the disciples to, to distribute. Um, and then as they started distributing it, please, has anybody thought about how this thing was happening? How was the thing multiplying? So they had like small fish. They gave it to this person. And then they gave it to this person. And they gave it. And it was still there. And they carried on, and it was still there. And they moved to this side; it was still there. That's small. <laughs> you know, many other, many other times we're always waiting for the thing to multiply first because that's what makes logical sense, right? How am I going to start distributing something so little? What if I run out at person number three? The whole place will scatter, you know. But that's not what God is saying. God is saying you step out with the little that you have. Now, my life has been a testimony of this scripture. Like I said to you, I left my job that was paying me a lot of money. And I started this full-time in property. And yes, I was making some income. It just was not enough compared to what I was leaving behind. But I don't know how. Just like I don't know how the scripture, I don't know how, but the bills are getting paid. Sometimes you have enough money for just one bill. And then you just have to decide today, this bill will get paid. But before you, the next one is due, it gets paid. I don't know how, but this is God. And I just want to encourage somebody today. Don't wait to when everything is in surplus before you step out. Don't wait. We are, in fact, we're not called to wait to when it's in surplus. Because if they had waited, I don't know, maybe it wouldn't even have happened. Because the blessing was in the, in the distribution. The multiplication was in the distribution. Shall I say that again? The multiplication was in the distribution. It was when they were distributing that it carried on multiplying. If they had waited for it to multiply, it would not have multiplied. The multiplication is in the distribution. The multiplication, the miracle is in the stepping out. The miracle is in the stepping out. The multiplication is in the distribution. The multiplication 
is in the distribution. That's a tweetable tweet. <laughs> the multiplication is in the distribution. If you don't take a step to distribute, it's not going to multiply. If you don't take the step to distribute, if you don't take your, your step to serve where God has called you to, if you don't take a step to pull that, create that flyer, if you don't take a step and call that venue and say, give me the venue, I want to start my business. If you don't pick up the phone and speak to you, or if you don't uh, book a meeting with your boss about the promotion that you think you're long deserved, it's not going to just happen. God is amazing, God is good, God is powerful, but he's not going to do our jobs for us. Our job was to is to distribute. The disciples' job on that day was to distribute. God's job was to multiply. Their job was to distribute. His job was to multiply. So until you take the step, he's not going to move. There's a song, I don't know, it's one of the rappers. When you move, I mean, what's that song? My hip-hop people, I am... That song, but when you move, I move. When I move, you move. Just like that. <laughs> when I move, you move. That's exactly how God. When, you, when I move, he moves. If I don't move, he stays. When I move, he moves. When you move, he moves. If you don't move, he stays. You know, the Bible says that we are gods, right? We are gods. And God is not going to do our job for us. So we are God. We move and he backs us up. God is so good at backing up. God is so good at backing up. But if you don't take a step or if you don't make those commitments, if you don't start the distribution, he just stays there. One of the scriptures that really makes me laugh when I read it and also encourages me and challenges me at the same time. You know when uh, Moses took the children of Israelites out of Egypt. God had performed all these miraculous signs, 10 plagues to the point where he was killing people. Then he took them all the way. Miraculous acts of God. Then he got to the, the bank of the river Nile and there was no way to go. And of course, naturally, I think Moses did what, was, what he should have done. Ask God, help us, because he's been helping them, right? But God was like, ah, all the helping that I've been helping you people, have you not learned one thing? Speak. In fact, let me move. I think it's um, Exodus 14. He said, Why are you calling, crying out to me like a little girl? <laughs> he didn't say it that way, but you know, that's my interpretation. Why are you calling out to me like a little girl? <laughs> okay, um, Exodus 14, I think it's verse 14. Um, it's so, no, no, it's not 14, okay. It's who knows where it is. Exodus. I think it's Exodus 14. Yeah, yeah, it is Exodus 15. Yeah, yeah. Exodus 14 from verse 15. Uh, it says, God said to Moses, why cry out to me? Speak to the Israelites. Order them to get moving. Hold your staff high and stretch your hand out over the sea. Split the sea. The Israelites will walk through the sea on dry ground. He says, why cry out to me? Why would we not cry out to you? We're in front of something that is about to kill us. And the Egyptians are so close to us. But it's like God is saying to so many of us today, why are you crying out to me? 
Why? You know, um, without being at the risk of being, um, I don't know the right English to use, rude or whatever. You know, Christians are the only ones at the beginning of the year. We'll do all this fasting, fasting, fasting. Every January, we will fast, 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 fast. Unfailingly, we've been fasting and fasting and praying. And there's absolutely nothing wrong with that. But how many times have we said, maybe in January, maybe we should do a, a business course in January. Maybe we should do that next year instead of fasting. You know, well, maybe we should get, I don't know, let's get some practical, strategic stuff. Instead of fast, we fast and pray too much. Too much. And that's what Moses was doing at this point. He was about to pray again. God, help us. God of Israel, help us. And say, why are you crying out to me now? I have done enough. It's time for you guys to step out. It's time for you to speak. And in fact, he said, speak to the Israelites let the Israelites speak. Let them speak to them. So I feel like God is saying to us today, um, using the, the story of the five loaves of bread and two fishes, he's saying enough of the praying, enough of the fasting, enough of the spiritual things. You, you're already spiritual. In fact, we have the mind of Christ. We are gods in ourselves. We don't need to do too much of those things because we have the Spirit of God inside of us. And the Bible says if we have the Spirit of God, we are led by the Spirit. But it's time to take action. It's time to seat the people. It is time to distribute. It's time to stop complaining about the little and just take the little and let me multiply the little for you. It's time for you to stop crying out to me. It's time for you to take action. It's time for you to step out. Um, and as I just conclude, I'm just going to go back to John chapter 6. Um, I'm going to share some practical things that I do. My, my, my husband looks at me and thinks this girl is crazy. But my friend always, every time I start, she says, Abimbo, you're mad. I'm like, if I don't do it, if I don't put God on the spot, how is it going to happen? Okay, so John, going back to John chapter 6, um, Jesus, oh, my phone is, so Jesus now gave the disciples um, the bread to distribute, and then as he was distributing it, it was multiplying, and then he said, in, the Bible says in verses um, 10, 11, it says, um, oh, verse 12, Then Jesus took the bread, and having given thanks, gave it to those who were seated. He did the same with the fish. All ate as much as they wanted. And then when the people had eaten their fill, he said to his disciples, Gather the leftovers, so nothing is wasted. They went to work and filled 12 large baskets with leftovers from the five barley loaves. The people realized that God was at work among them in what Jesus, Jesus had just done. And they said... This is the prophet for sure, God's prophet right here in Galilee. Um, Jesus saw that in the enthusiasm, they were about to grab him and make him king. So he went, he slipped away and went back to the mountain to be by himself. Can you see what this miracle, it wasn't just the feeding on that day. It was the leftover as well. So some people actually left with food. Some people left with food on that day. Maybe these people had not eaten for ages. Maybe they were poor, but they left with food. And then people realized and they saw that God was surely in their midst. Can you imagine the rippling effect of us taking steps of faith? Can you imagine what the world will see when we take steps of faith? 
and we're not waiting for God to do all the work for ourselves. Um, as I said, I have, uh, I have lots of testimonies. Um, I said to my friend this year, actually, I said, um, so we've been in lockdown in the UK uh, for forever. <laughs> And then finally, when they released us, we, tra we, tra we were not able to travel last year. And I remember saying to, going on the trip and coming back, and I'm like, ah, we went away, we didn't die, we didn't have COVID, because the way they were making it sound in the UK, like if you step out, you're going to just die of corona. Anyway, we went, we were happy, we came back. And I said to her, I said, look, I really want to travel this year. I want to go on trips, because I miss traveling. But I am not going to be booking any tickets. No, I said to her, I'm going to make decisions this year, not on my pocket, but on my father's pocket. I'm going to make decisions not based on my pocket or my ability, but I'm going to do it based on my father's pocket and his ability. And I said, we said that in joke. And on that same day, we were booking like two tickets. And I'm like, how? and then obviously, when in hindsight, after so many months, we look back and say, wow, like God really does honor when we put him to the test. So I want to challenge you guys today as I round up. Don't make decisions based on your pockets. Don't make decisions based on your resources. Um, and like I said, it's not, it doesn't have to be financial. It could be anything. But make your decision based on the God to whom you serve. Make your decision based on this type of story because God is still in the business of turning five loaves of bread and two fishes into multitudes. God is still in the business of taking your little income, your little gift, your little obedience, your whatever little you have, he's still in the business of multiplying it and causing many to come to know that this God is indeed the God. So let us not play small, church. Let us not play small. Let us play to our God's ability, which is unlimited. Let us stop playing small. We are called the salt of the earth, the light of the world. We are here for a reason and a purpose. God has so much that he wants to do, and we are the answer to that. The believers are the answer to the world's problem. We are the answer to the world's problem. And I think we need to begin to live our lives um, not limited by what the world is saying. Let's just trust God. Let's step out. And as you start the business um, conference next week, take bold, this week, sorry, take bold steps. Take bold steps. Take bold. We don't have much time as well. We don't have much time. And the kingdom of God needs to be established in our territory, in our sector, in our communities. And we are the people that he's looking to use. Amen. Amen. Thanks for listening to this message from the Hills Church. Our mission is to love people, connect with family, and touch the world. Learn more on our website at www.ecclesiahills.org or email us at hello at ecclesiahills.org. 